Issues Etc. is listener-supported. We rely on you for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Now, if you appreciate Issues Etc., please consider making a tax-deductible gift today. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org. You can also donate by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Issues Etc., Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. And thanks for your support. As we approach the day of Thanksgiving, the National Day of Thanksgiving, and the Church's observation of its kind of particular form of Thanksgiving, very particular form of Thanksgiving, you'll be singing this hymn, probably, Now Thank We All Our God. It is a hymn that directs us to the one who's being thanked for all these things. And he's being thanked not before he gives anything. He actually is the giver before any Thanksgiving is given. We're going to be studying the hymn now, Thank We All Our God, with Pastor Will Whedon. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. on this Wednesday afternoon, November the 25th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll study the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Then, in Hour 2 of Issues Etc., Pastor David J. Weber will join us to talk about the Mayflower Pilgrims. Pastor Will Whedon joins us for our hymn study. He's Director of Worship and Chaplain of the International Center for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Will, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Todd. A joy to be with you today. There's the kind of generic Thanksgiving that is the holiday that the world celebrates, which is be thankful. Be thankful. And, you know, let, let's give it its due. I mean, it, it, I, I've read recently some studies that say that when you actually stop and think about the things you are thankful for, you release serotonin in your body and you begin to feel better. So, you know, it's not a bad thing to stop and just think of all the things to be thankful for. But the church says, you know, somebody gave them to you. Maybe you should thank him. You know, it's the difference between, you know, your 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 mom, she works for a long time and puts together a beautiful sweater for you for, 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 for Christmas and you unwrap it and you walk around feeling very thankful. But you never say, Mom, it's thank the, you. It's, it's the difference between thankful for and thankful to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And without the the connection of who we're giving thanks to, the Thanksgiving itself just kind of is flat uh, and it, it falls. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Obviously, it's good for you to think about things you're thankful for. But when you re- reference everything to who is the giver, the joy only increases. And that that's certainly the case as we're going to see in this great hymn. The, the church also has its own kind of thanksgiving that the wherein the world cannot share and that is the eucharist uh that there is the to the church the great thanksgiving is always every sunday around the lord's table talk a, a bit about that if you would yeah well the, the the eucharist which just means the thanksgiving is at the very heart of the church's worship because the gift that's given in jesus in his body on the tree for the forgiveness of all your sin his blood that is blotted out any accusation that the law could ever hurl your way in that gift of his body and blood god has given you a gift so huge that thanksgiving literally is to spill out everywhere the cool thing about the church's sunday eucharist 
is that it confesses that Thanksgiving is to actually be the state of humanity. So we say when we gather there that we should at all times and in all places give thanks, make Eucharist to you, holy, and again, notice, to you. <laughs> we know who it's, who it's directed to, to God the Father, and we know on what account we're giving it for the great sake of the gift of Jesus. This hymn's author, let's talk about him a little bit before we get into the text itself. Sure, he's a fascinating one. Who is it? Well, Martin Rinkert, like so many of these early uh, fellows, was uh, he's, he's a Lutheran pastor, uh, and he was bored in, in 1586, so, you know, not long after the time of, of the Book of Concord, a time when Lutheranism sort of coalesced and came in, into its own, and yet he he served all the way through the very very difficult time here of the um the, the, the 30 years war where christians germany was decimated by uh, uh the, the catholics fighting the lutherans fighting the calvinists and it just it, it tore the country apart it wasn't like war was raging constantly in every place, but it kept on sweeping back and forth across the country. He actually wrote the hymn before the uh, the war broke out. He he, it, it looks like it was first up. It first appeared about 1636, and it, it was set to music by by Kruger. Um, the, the, he's the one who wrote all the great hymns for Gerhardt. They, they, they were a, a team together. And uh, he seemed to put the music together with it maybe around uh, 47 or so, 1647, which is great because it was just a time for the Peace of Westphalia. Um, so Rinkert was, he was at first a deacon in Eisleben, and then he was called to be the archdeacon at, at Eilenburg. It's a town he was born in. He wanted to serve there, but uh, he was sort of held back by some of the local clergy at the time. During the Thirty Years' War, this town, though, was, it was a walled city. So it became a place of refuge. People would, you, you know, you wouldn't have the, the Spanish troops marching in, um, pillaging, raping. They, there were walls to protect you. So the population swelled there. And of course, as usually happens, it suffered famine and plague. So at the beginning of 1637, you know, in the Great Pestilence, in all of the city, there were about four, there were, there were four ministers in Islandburg. Um, one of them said, Adios, guys, I'm out of here, and went to healthier environs and could not be convinced to return. And the other two died. And so it left Rinkert. <laughs> he was the pastor of this bursting at the seams city. He, he had to negotiate to, uh, with, with the Swedes to stop them from destroying the city. He, and he was burying people at, at, at an incredible rate. He, he ended up oftentimes conducted as many as 40 to 50 funerals a day. It finally got so bad that they were just put in trenches. There was no way they could actually bury everybody. 4,480 people died during that time, including his own wife. So a man who knew great, great suffering, yet stayed faithful at his post and continued to proclaim the word of God and to administer the life-giving sacrament of Christ's body and blood so that the people could face whatever they had to face in the confidence of their sins forgiven. What an amazing, amazing man, amazing story. You referred to it uh, off mic as the German Te Deum. What's right. a Te Deum and why is this considered of that caliber? Well, the Te Deum is this great canticle of praise. Uh, in the Middle Ages, they really believed it was written 
that, that when St. Augustine was baptized by St. Ambrose, the two men came up out of the water and the one opened his mouth and said, we praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. And the other one answered back, you know, so that the whole thing came out. That was a, a legend, not true. But it's one of these ancient hymns, not not in 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 um, rhymed uh, verse, but just straight uh, uh, prose, that, like, like the Gloria in Excelsis, that comes down to us from the very, very early days of the church. We have no idea. Um, uh, it's its origin is just too, too ancient. It's hidden in the, in the mists of history, as they say. But it's always used to celebrate great moments of rejoicing for people. So the the Te Deum could be sung at the when they announce peace at the end of a war. You would break out and saying Te Deum laudamus. We thank, we praise you, God. When, when sometimes it was sung, you know, for a marriage. Uh, you know, we praise you, God. Uh, um, anytime you received great benefaction from God, the people would offer a Te Deum. Well, in in, in Germany. This hymn literally becomes very rapidly like the Te Deum. So at the Peace of Westphalia, and um, when the hostility ceased in 1648, the people are actually singing together, now thank we all our God, um, this, this hymn. It's not though, uh, you know, that sounds like it's a great, it's great, um, like it has a big piece in the service. It never did. It was originally written by Rinkert, um, for, for the table, it's a tishkabate, um, a, a table prayer. And at, to understand the hymn then, I really think we need to step back into what the Lutheran Catechism taught about the table. It sounds weird, I know, but, but let's just stop and, and think our way through this for a minute. You're talking here about the family table. Yeah, the family table. The catechism is not just a series of doctrines, right? It deals with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Sacrament of Baptism, Sacrament of, well, Office of the Keys and Confession, and Sacrament of the Altar. But following that, there's a, a, a very neglected part of the catechism called the daily prayers. And in the daily prayers, we have this incredible line that, uh, you know, the children are to, uh, how to ask a blessing and give thanks is what it's called. So as the mealtime comes, the children are told to come to the table reverently and with hands folded. You know what this means? This means that the, the, the ta- your kitchen table, your dining room table, is the family altar. It's the place the family gathers around the gifts of God in the home. And the first thing that they do when they gather there is to recite the scripture that acknowledges that God's the giver. Uh, the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Then the Lord's Prayer then, Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us with these, your gifts, which we receive from your bountiful goodness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Then you eat your dinner. And when the dinner's over, the children stand up around the table with their hands folded, just like they're in church, because they've received at the family altar, the, the kitchen table, the dining room table, the gifts of God, and then they give thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And it's at this point that I think uh, Rinkert was intending that the hymn originally would be sung. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. So now let's do it. Let's do it in the words of a song. Instead of just the little prayer that, you know, uh, Lord God, thank you for all these, for all your benefits. It instead makes it be a song. Uh, and, and so the actual words then flow. Now, one more interesting point before we actually get to the text. This particular uh, song is actually based on a passage from the, two passages from the Apocrypha. 
And in today's world, a lot of people struggle with the idea that the Lutherans, what are Lutherans doing with the Apocrypha? Well, you know, <laughs> if you had, if, if Matt Carver has recently published a wonderful, uh, the, the daily uh, readings, the readings for the daily, uh, daily lectionary from the Magdeburg, Lutheran Magdeburg Cathedral from about this, this exact same time. And in that book, you'll find daily readings from things like Judith and Tobit and first and second Maccabees. Fascinating. And if you have CPH's German Bible, CPH's, we're talking into the 20th century, you pull out your German Bible and you look there and there's smack dab between the Testaments is the Apocrypha, but even more fascinating at the very tail end of the Bible. You look there, there's a listing of readings for various saints days. And you notice when you deal with the day of St. John, the readings from Sirach. When you deal with the day of Mary's birthday, the reading is from Sirach. And that's the same book that Rinkert is going to pull the text that he's going to make this hymn. When we come back, we're going to study the first stanza of the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices, whose wondrous things has done, in whom this world rejoices, in who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Pastor Will Whedon will be our guest and we'll study that first stanza and all of the stanzas of this Thanksgiving hymn right after the break. The church's music from the second century. Shepherd of tender youth, guiding in love and truth. The sixth century. The twelfth century. Sixteenth century. The twenty first century. The best of the church's music from the past two thousand years. LutheranPublicRadio.org where doctrine is life. You're listening to Issues Etc. In my family, education means cultivating wisdom and virtue by teaching what is good, true, and beautiful. Memoria Press makes this type of education possible with their classical Christian curriculum. Characterized by simplicity, quality, and affordability, Memoria Press gives my children a rich classical education. Get $5 off your next order by using the coupon code LPR. For more information, go to memoriapress.com. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. I'm Pastor Todd Rappi. I serve a congregation here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, our Redeemer Lutheran Church, a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. All of the saints here gather around blood, water, and spirit as theologians of the cross every Sunday morning at 10.30. We only welcome sinners, 
we certainly would welcome you. If you'd like to contact us through our website, you may do so at faylcms.org. of King's College with stanza one of the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Well, we heard the first stanza there. What are your thoughts uh, on this first stanza? Well, before we actually dig into the words of it, I'd like to read what the, the book of Sirach actually had so we can see where the hymn came from. The text, okay? yeah. yeah. So in Ecclesiastes or Sirach, verse, uh, chapter 39, verse 35, so now sing praise with all your heart and voice and bless the name of the Lord your God. And then scooting up to uh, Sirach or Ecclesiasticus 50, verses 22 to 24. And now bless the God of all, who in every way does great things, who exalts our days from birth and deals with us according to his mercy. May he give us gladness of heart and grant that peace may be in our days in Israel as in the days of old. May he entrust to us his mercy and let him deliver us in our days. That is a pretty amazing, if you, if you look, listen to those words, you realize he did just, he just took them and put them into verse. It's hardly a paraphrase. Yeah, it's hardly a paraphrase. <laughs> very, very tightly uh, 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 and well said. So if we look at the first verse then, now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices. Notice again, first of all, that this that we have one to thank, and the one that we thank is the one who is our God. And you can't, as a Lutheran, you don't hear our God without hearing all the the the, the, the ringing in from the large catechism. What does it mean to have a God? What is it to have a God? And you know what it means to receive from him all good, to look to him for the source of every blessing in your life. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that ties it perfectly. God is the gracious giver. God, it's who he is. So we look to him for, for our gifts and we give thanks to him. And we do that thanks with heart and hands and voices. Now, hands sort of sticks in because that wasn't in the original part of, uh, of uh, Sirach. But let's, let's think about each one of those. First of all, give thanks to him with your heart. That's where it has to begin. Because if the thanksgiving is just lips and not heart, if you're just mouthing the words, it, you know, he, he sees all the way down into you. He, he wants the thanksgiving to be real and from the heart, but he doesn't want it just to be in the heart. Uh, if it just stays in the heart, that it doesn't uh, uh, fulfill the great joy that he actually wants for you to have. So he moves on to hands. I suspect that what he means by hands here is, you know, w- 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 the, the as St. Paul would say, lifting holy hands, the, the, the hands raised to God um, in prayer. And then voices, 
voices because Thanksgiving is made to sound out. Uh, Again, not enough to walk around with a thankful feeling in your heart. Thanksgiving wants to break out of your lips. Uh, And so it's not just thankfulness, but Thanksgiving. There's a there's a little word in there that I'd like you to talk about, and that is now thank we all our God. Um, this is something that that it, this is not a a call to the individual hmm. to just what are you thankful for today. Right. This is a call to the whole church, to the whole church, and especially if we think of its origin to the family church, if you will, to all the people gathered in the room there around the gifts of God around the, the which you've just partaken of. Let's all give thanks to God and. You're right. It's very much a we thing, not an I thing. And that just goes with the church. The church herself is this great company of people walking home to the Father, and we we walk home together. I like to say, no, you don't come to the garden alone. You can't. You can't get there that way. You only come to the garden with him, with all the company of saints and angels. So who wondrous things hath done? wondrous things hath done, in whom his world rejoices. I, I, the wondrous things we're going we're gonna to get to in a little bit, but the foundational wondrous thing is that this is his world. That is, we are his creatures. That this, this is the foundational lie of the current age that there is no one to thank because you know you're just an accident of 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 the cosmos you know it, it against this the church tells the truth the story that is absolutely true that no in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and he formed you in your mother's womb he's the one who is the giver and the creator it's a web of lies i mean it's a lie that not only uh, denies the creator but also wholly misrepresents our place in all of creation. Yeah, because then you, you don't have a place in creation, really, that's any more than that of an animal, uh, of a beast. And, and this God, who is who does wondrous things, is one in whom his world rejoices. Doesn't that ring into you all the beautiful pictures from the Psalms? You know, the trees clapping their hands for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to rescue his people. And so his the, the entirety of creation seen joining in the thanksgiving to God. And we actually stand there as lead singers in God's uh, uh, eternal choir, offering thanks and praise to him. And what do we thank him for? Well, we sure thank him for this, that from our mother's arms, he has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love. I, I want to I dwell on the countless. Have you ever wondered, why did Luther do it? Why? Why did he torture these poor Lutheran children by, I mean, he, he could have ended, you know, what, what is, you know, what does it mean to receive daily bread? And, uh, you know, what's daily bread? What's included? And he could have said, daily bread has to do with all that has to do with the support and needs of the body. Period. He could have put a period, but instead he engages in this wild listing such as... And then at the end of this log list of food, drink, household, you know, I mean, just all this stuff, clothing, shoes, good weather, you know, peace, self-control. All these are gifts that, that he says, God, the gifts of daily bread and at the end, he says, and so on. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure you know, oh, you may think kids, you may think this list was really long and hard to memorize. But if you really think about it, the gifts of daily bread that he's giving you 
are so much more. In fact, every piece of your life ends up being gift that flows to you from the heart of God, countless gifts of love. And if we have the eyes to see it, it totally transforms our lives because then we do indeed become thankful people, not generically grateful people, but specifically thankful people, Eucharistic people, people who see the gifts of God constantly showering down upon us. And uh, we see that those are gifts of love. And this is really important. That God loves his creation. His mercy is over all that he has made. Psalm 145. And so Jesus says he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good. Sends the rain to both. His love is for all. And yet we're blind to it by nature. It's part of the church's vocation in this world, part of her mission to open up the eyes of all people to see behind all the gifts. There doesn't stand anything less than love. That They're all showered on us because God is love. He freely gives because that's who he is. And once you see that and you realize, and that's, that's for me. Well, then you're standing there saying with Paul, who loved me and gave himself for me. This, the greatest gift of all, of course, is the gift of his son into flesh and into death and into resurrection. The uh, most profound part of this stanza really is just the little verb is at the end and still is ours today, because if you think it's talking about the gifts, it should be and still are ours today. But that is pushes us all the way back up to our our God. God. He's still our God. Talk about that. That is that is the chief. That to see behind every one of the gifts, there is the giver, and that he is the only one who can truly still... I mean, you can throw any of the gifts at the yearning of your soul. It, it will never satisfy it. Think of how St. Augustine put it in, uh, in Confessions. Uh, o Lord, thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless until they rest in thee. Or as David would put it, you know, in Psalm 50, uh, 73, oh, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's the one behind the gift that you are really aching for. He, he is the one, finally, that you were made for, to have koinonia, communion with him. That's what you were created for. And the koinonia with him always begins with him giving, him opening your eyes to receive the gift that you're given and to see through the gift the one who's giving him and then to give him thanks and praise. And this is the very heart of what life itself is for. He made you so that he could dump out all the, ga- all the good gifts upon you and so that you could enjoy them with him by thanking him for so th- this first part is a call to thanksgiving, Can we? but not just a call to thanksgiving, but laying out the entire well, reason for why, why thanksgiving comes forth from us. Yeah, it, it, it gets right to the heart. I mean, this is just like, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Part of giving thanks is, is when you, you, you enjoy, you always praise to others what you enjoy. Uh, you, you can't not do it. Uh, if you read a good book, uh, I, I just read recently Natural Born Heroes. Great book. 
People should read it. Good book. Got some wacky parts, but really good overall. Um, we do this so natively. Well, when we recognize the good gifts of God, part of the actual enjoyment of a gift is to turn to another person and say, you got to try this. This is glorious. And the most glorious thing of all is to stand before the one who is given and say thanks. Isn't that exactly the definition of proper Christian praise? Yeah, yeah, this is what Christian praise is. And, and, and we're going to find that one of the, 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 the very heart of Christian praise is going to be then declaring to each other what he's done. Tell everyone, I mean, at the end of, of the Eucharist in Divine Services 1 and 2 in our, in our Lutheran service book, we have this newer canticle, um, thank the Lord. But to listen to the words, thank the Lord and sing his praise. Tell everyone what he has done. <laughs> Let everyone who seeks the Lord rejoice and proudly bear his name. Um, the, he, to, to praise God is fundamentally to declare his deeds, his doings, the great, the great things that, that, that he does for us. Any final thoughts here on stanza one before we take our break? Um, I do think it's one of these hymns that, uh, as fun as it is to take it apart piece by piece, it doesn't even come close to the joy of actually participating and singing it. And uh, I'm going to suggest before we're done a way that everybody could get into that. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We're studying the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, on this Wednesday, November the 25th. He's Director of Worship and Chaplain of the International Center for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. When we come back, stanza two, Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. We'll be right back. long for a church that celebrates the divine service with reverence and joy, but without the unbiblical baggage imposed by a supposedly infallible hierarchy? Do you long for a church that confesses a divinely instituted office of the holy ministry for the giving of the Lord's gifts to his people and yet values and lifts high the priesthood of all believers? Welcome to the Lutheran Church. We're what you've been looking for. Find an historic, authentic church near you on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org. Standing firm in a hostile world is the theme of the San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference, February 5th and 6th. This confessional Lutheran conference features Issues Etc. guest Adam Francisco, David J. Weber, Joe Abrahamson, attorney Mark Stern, and Professor Alan Quist. If you're in Texas or would like some warmer weather in February, check out the San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference, February 5th and 6th at faithlutheransa.org, faithlutheransa.org. Those beautiful notes were just the beginning of We Praise You and Acknowledge You, O God, Concordia Publishing House's debut CD collection from Pastor Stephen Starkey one of the most significant Lutheran hymn writers of our time. For a limited time, save 10% when you use promotional code URA. Simply visit cph.org today. Lutheran Thought, Lutheran Substance, Lutheran Music, brought to you by Concordia Publishing House. Steadfast Lutherans. 
People who believe the traditional Lutheran preaching, liturgy, and hymnody continue to deliver Christ crucified for sinners today. The Reformation attempted to return the Church's focus on what we do for God back to a focus on what God does for us, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Some things never change. The Gospel is still under attack from inside and outside the Church. To see how Lutheran doctrine and practice preserve the Gospel, visit SteadfastLutherans.org. Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues Etc. We Lutherans were never aided by following along with some other traditions, theological priorities, and catchphrases. Issues Etc. regular guest, Pastor Heath Curtis, coordinator for stewardship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod on a Lutheran approach to stewardship. Other folks are not approaching it from our good, solid Lutheran understanding of law and gospel and vocation. There's a place to talk about this in Christianity, and we have a way of talking about stewardship as Lutherans without ever using the word stewardship, if you like. I'm going to talk to you today about your vocation in your home, in your church, in your society, and how each one of these makes a claim on you, on your presence, on your support, on your prayers. That's how we should talk about this as Lutherans. You'll find several stewardship resources at lcms.org stewardship, lcms.org stewardship. Stanza two of the hymn that we're studying on this Wednesday afternoon, November the 25th. Now, thank we all our God. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. Let's go into stanza two. What are your thoughts there, well, Will? First thing I want to throw out that I, I left out at the beginning that we should have said is, you know, the fine translation we have is is, is due to that wondrous woman, Catherine Winkworth. So she, she's done so many of the fine, fine. This is not the, the first or the only translation of this song into English. But I do think it's it's probably one of the best. It's very, very well done. So the second stanza moves us into uh, a petition. We started with Thanksgiving, and now we move to ask something of him. And this is what we ask of him. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us. First of all, unpack bounteous. Bounteous means <laughs> he's always got more to give. This God who get, uh, to, 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 to quote our beloved Dr. Nagel, he gives you everything and then he gives you more. Uh, th- that's the way he is. There's always more with him than you could either desire or deserve, as the collect would put it. Um, may this bounteous God through our entire life, all our life, from our, our birth to our, our death, may he be near us. Rings in right away, Jacob, and I will not leave you until I have fulfilled all this promise for you. And Emmanuel, the God who is with us, he, 
we pay, we play, pray, oh God. We know that in you we live and move and have our being. But please, please let us sense your nearness with us as we walk through this path of, of life. Um, and then if he's near us, then with ever joyful heart. Just think about that. The Christian faith comes into the world as this explosion of joy. Uh, the, the angels announced when our Savior's born, I bring you good news of a great joy. Magalechara. That is, that, is, that is another name for Jesus. He's the great joy. And he gives you then um, a joyful heart. So you can think about Paul. He, he, writes, he writes to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always! And again, I will say, rejoice! You think of he, how he would write to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, rejoice always! Pray without ceasing in everything! Give thanks! A joyful heart. And this is something that you can have when tears are flowing down your face and you're going through very difficult times, you can still have this joyful heart because you have a bounteous God who is near you. And even in the moments of greatest sorrow, he is near you. And he promises that he will bring you through through the, through the time of sorrow. It used to be in our hymnal. It's not anymore. Through the night of dark and sorrow, onward goes the pilgrim band. He's always there always being the way and leading the way and, uh, and giving, giving his gifts along the way. And so a joyful heart comes as, as his gift when you recognize all the little gifts that never ceased. I mean, Todd, have you ever thought the whiff of a hyacinth on a spring day is a gift of love from God just for you? An angel doesn't have a nose and can't even begin to know what they smell like, but he gives you that just as a way of saying, I love you, I'm near you, don't forget it. It gives you an ever-joyful heart, but there's more. And blessed peace to cheer us. The peace he's talking about here is not the kind of peace we pray for when, when we ask for ISIS to be contained or destroyed or, or whatever. The kind of peace we're talking about here is the peace of conscience. And that peace can come only to you because of Christ's atoning sacrifice. It's when you know that his blood has answered for your every sin. So that when you stand before his judgment seat, you stand before him as one forgiven. When you have that, your conscience has a firm footing on which to stand. And then you have a peace that can cheer you. So when the hard times come, it's not, oh, he's out to get me now because he's really ticked because of what I did. It's, oh, it's a cross. I can bear it with my Savior who loves me, who will never leave me. And that also is a gift. The crosses are gifts too. Mm-hmm. They're not the kind of gifts we often want or enjoy. But they um, are gifts. They have a beautiful line in Martin Kimnitz's examination on the Council of Trent where he says, you know, that from eternity... God has planned the crosses by which you would be conformed to his son. They're not accidents in your life. They're not out of his control. 
He knows every single one of them. And at Yucatid, be very cheered. It is a blessed peace that cheers the heart when you know, eh, nothing's going to shake his love for me. Nothing. And keep us in his grace. That's our prayer for preservation. You know, you didn't come up with faith, Todd, on your own. It's a gift of his grace. You can't sustain it on your own. It's a gift of his grace. He's the only one who could keep giving it and keep giving it and sustain you in it until the end. Just like he promised in Philippians, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what about that next line? And guide us when perplexed. That sure happens a lot. We beg that through the fears, the wars, the ups and downs, the cancer, the heart attacks, the strokes, the darkness, the death, suffering. We pray that through it all, his word would continue to shine for us on the path so that we may know how to walk home to the Father and guide us. I like the fact that it's, he talks about being perplexed, which is perplexed is not exactly knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe a bit confused, but it's not despair. Mm -mm. And it's not unbelief. No. It's not even doubt. It is the Christian will often be perplexed by Uh, the things in this life. Maybe it's even a constant perplexity that we live in. Well, you remember how Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians, you know. (laughs) We're perplexed on every end, you know. But we are not thrown down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, we are. We can't wrap our minds around all the events that are happening um, in our own lives, let alone in this, this crazy world. But what we do know is that behind them all stands the hand with the nail holes in it that testify forever to God's love for us. And so the final part of this stanza is the prayer, and free us from all ills in this world and the next. It doesn't let go before it's made sure that we know, hey, if the answer to you doesn't come here in this age, there's an age coming. Do not fear. You have a life that death cannot take from you. And that's a, a beautiful way for this um, petitionary stanza to end, to end up. It's really a prayer about the resurrection there in that last line, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's both because it says, free us from all ills in this world and in the next. So, you know, just like when we pray for healing, we pray, oh God, please, please grant healing to, you know, uh, grandma. And yet at the same time, we may know that that healing may not come in this age, but it may. And if it does, we'll stand there and say, now, thank we all our God. Uh, but, but if we're waiting for the resurrection and we're standing around our body, we'll still say, now, thank we all our God. Because the, the answer to prayer can reach into eternity. Before we take this break, um, when we come back, we're going to look at that third stanza, which is a, I was going to say, a simple doxology. No doxology is simple. Used to be in my experience, Will, uh, kind of the the why is this here stanza of many hymns. And now it's my favorite part mm-hmm. of every hymn because finally we get back round to who this God really is, Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit, yeah. to the proclamation of the true God, the, this kind of revelation of himself that we are going to marvel in for all eternity, that we're going to participate in yeah. for all yeah. eternity. With about a minute uh, before we go into the into the next break, what are your thoughts there? Oh, the, 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 the glory of, of dox, I mean, this is what doxology means, you know, this this praise of, of, of the Blessed Trinity. 
And it is the very point of human existence. So when the, 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 the hymns constantly again and again drive us to this point where we're all just standing before him, giving him glory and praise for all that he's done and given to us and continues to do, this is what life is for. Anybody that's participated in it knows this. You know it in your heart. When you're standing there with the assembly of God in church, and that praise is ringing out to the Trinity, and you get a taste. This is the eternal Easter. This is what he made us for. And uh, it gets you through a lot of the dark, perplexed days, perplexing days. Stanza three, when we come back, all praise and thanks to God. The Father now be given, the Son, and him who reigns with them in highest heaven. The one eternal God, whom heaven and earth adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. Folks, we have a little more than five weeks left in 2015, and we need approximately $100,000 to cover our expenses for the year. Please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift to support this worldwide outreach. You can contribute by check, make your check payable to Issues Etc., and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online donation at IssuesETC.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for thinking of us at the end of 2015. Christological. Creedal. Confessional. You're listening to Issues Etc. The grace of God, the church's music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org. third stanza of the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Before we go into the words of the final doxological stanza, tell us a little bit about this Thanksgiving resource that you have developed for the congregations of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Yeah, for the families of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, if you, or anybody, any Christian, please, um, if, if you want to download this resource for your Thanksgiving Day meal, go to www.lcms.org slash 
unwrapping the gifts, one word, unwrapping the gifts, no spaces. And then you can download this table blessing. And I just, I, I asked uh, Pastor Wilkins permission to actually read it to you because I want you to get a flavor for what this would be like. Remember how he said the family, al- the family altar is your dining room table. So it goes like this, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, everybody answers, amen, then responsively back and forth. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. For the gift of this day and the opportunity to give you praise. Glory to you, O Lord, for the love and warmth of family and friends, those gathered here and those gathered elsewhere, and most of all, those gathered to the eternal home. Glory to you, O Lord, for the good gift of children and grandchildren to nurture in your love and fear for the blessing of hearth and home. Glory to you, O Lord, for the joyful noise of infants cooing and children at play, and for the honor of serving them, knowing that they are beloved by you. Glory to you, O Lord, for the food you so graciously provide us and for the joy of feasting and playing together. Glory to you, O Lord, for the sufferings you are pleased to send us. For they purify us from selfishness and remind us of the one thing needful, your eternal kingdom. Glory to you, O Lord. And finally, for all those things for which we are most thankful, the sweet comfort of your gospel, the forgiveness of all our sins by the blood of our Lord Jesus, the promise of our resurrection to eternal life, for the joyful companionship afforded by the church for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, for the gifts of baptism and Eucharist, for our pastors and everyone who faithfully served to us your best and highest gifts. Glory to you, O Lord. And then I'll sing together, now thank we all our God. Then you sit down and eat. (laughs) You'll find a link to this Thanksgiving Day prayer at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Listen On Demand. As we head into the last few minutes here, we'll hear the entire hymn. The hymn doesn't have an explicit, say, law and gospel preaching theme. How important is it that it does have this Trinitarian doxology so that a non-Christian couldn't sing it in good conscience? Well, we would hope, I, I, we hope that any non-Christian who sings it would come to sing it with heart and, and, and voice because because the, the, the gift that's there is for them too. But you're right, a devout good Muslim can't be singing to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is what, uh, what the hymn anchors the Everything that's come before, who is this God who has given us all these good gifts? Who is this God who is with us on our way, who gives us blessed peace, who makes us have joyful hearts? Who is he? He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, as with all the canticles or prayers of the church, it, uh, it, I mean, it, it pulls us into, into uh, finally, uh, th- this doxological recognition the God who gives us everything is a trinity of persons and an eternal unity of substance. And notice that then we're not alone. It's heaven and earth. We join together in this moment of praise and thanksgiving to God. When we give thanks to the blessed trinity, then we're giving thanks with the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. So is there anything stable in a world where everything's shaken and coming to pieces? Yeah, there's God, the giver. And his gifts received in the church to the praise and thanksgiving of the blessed trinity that his people live in and and enjoy. Let's hear the entire hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Now thank we all our God. 
The hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. Will, what are your final thoughts with about 30 seconds on this Thanksgiving hymn? I'm going to have to talk really fast. My final thoughts are, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he's given me my body and soul, my eyes, ears, members, and all my reason, all my senses, and still preserves them. And he gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all my goods. He richly and daily provides me with everything that I need to support this body and life. And he defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. And all this he does only out of, purely out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me for all which it is my duty to thank and praise serve and obey him this is most certainly true now thank we all our god pastor will whedon is director of worship and chaplain of the international center for the lutheran church missouri synod will thanks for being our guest thank you so much todd folks if you're thankful for the worldwide outreach of issues etc please consider making a year-end tax-deductible donation we're approximately one hundred thousand dollars short of projected expenses for 2015, with a little more than five weeks left in the year. Now, you can contribute by check, make your check payable to Issues Etc., and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. The address again, Issues Etc., Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a year-end tax-deductible gift online at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for thinking of us at the end of 2015. In the next hour, we're going to discuss the Mayflower Pilgrims with Pastor David J. Weber. Pastor Whedon put it so well, God God has created us to give thanks to Him eternally. This is how He has made us. And so the thanksgiving is not something He has to wring out of us, but something that's produced solely by faith in Jesus Christ. When we realize the bountiful goodness that is found there in Christ alone for us, in his blood shed for us at the cross, and all the gifts that come along with that, the mercies of God eternally, what else can be done but to give thanks? I'm Todd Wilkin, Hour 2 of Issues, etc. in five minutes. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues, etc. Issues, etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Lutheran Talk. In Lutheranism, I come as a guilty sinner in need of hearing the forgiving words of Christ every single time I gather. Every single time. Lutheran Music. The new Lutheran Public Radio app. Download for iPhone, Android, Windows Phone, and Kindle at issuesetc.org.